Welcome to another episode of the Bitsan Academy podcast. This is the show for online course creators who want to build a profitable business by sharing your skills and knowledge. This is your host Willie Mulia. If you're not listening this on our website, go to academy.bitsan.co/7 to get your show notes. This show is brought to you by Bitsan email marketing tool, the only email marketing tool specifically created for online course creators. Get your free forever account at birdsend.co. That's bird as in the flying bird and send as in sending emails. Birdsend.co. Today's guest is David Abrams. David is the co-founder and the CEO of Demio, a live communication platform built to help SaaS companies fuel growth through interactive onboarding, education, and marketing webinars. David has created, built, and sold multiple software, and is now focused on building the most powerful webinar platform designed for growth. He is an operations geek, team builder, foodie traveler, and philanthropist. In this episode, we are going to cover how to use webinars to sell more of your online courses. David, it's great to have you here. Thanks for having me. I'm really excited to be on the podcast. Get to share some knowledge with everyone, and uh, yeah, excited to be here. Cool. So, David, you built Demio, which is a webinar platform. I know that you were previously an internet marketer, which is different, totally different with Demio, which is you are a SaaS product owner. How did you transition from and being an internet marketer to uh to a SaaS business like Demio? Yeah, no, it's a great question, and it's kind of a fun journey. Um, and I want to just make sure it's known that I am one of the co-founders of Demio. I do have an amazing uh, co-founder who uh, was also in internet marketing as well. So we kind of have the same journey. But really, I came into internet marketing like a lot of other people. I had a job in marketing. The company I was working for was selling digital products. And I really got into the world of digital marketing, just trying to figure out how could we sell products online started learning content marketing, SEO, advertising, you know, started managing graphic design teams and web design teams and starting to understand how you can create, you know, uh, media channels and uh, sales pages and webinars and all those things. So I, I really utilized the job to like learn all these different things. And when I branched out on my own to become an internet marketer, I started to launch uh, what I call an agency, but it was really to begin with me selling services online to individual businesses. Now this was about seven eight years ago. So this was still um, when there wasn't as many agencies as there are today. Um, but I went through that and I really, I started to build out the team. I didn't love the, the that part of, of internet marketing, which was like the service-based stuff. You would do services and then you'd be tied to this company. So I tried to reform the company to be about like marketing specific tactics. So instead of just like web design development kind of stuff, I started doing like marketing funnels before Russell Brunson came out with his whole book and funnels became the keyword. I was kind of building these campaigns out in Fusionsoft um, and a couple other different platforms that had automations back then. So that was really good. Started doing really well there, but I still kind of got drained working with clients it just you know i didn't feel like i was building my own business i constantly felt like i was in the trenches like trying to build other people's businesses and all my time was linked to them and i really wanted to get into a product where i owned the product the work that i did grew it but there was also a little bit of fear in me because i was saying goodbye to services which paid all my bills built my you know i had employees and stuff like that um and so 
you know, it was kind of a scary transition. And you also have this thing where like now all of a sudden you're betting everything on yourself. There could be six months of no income because you're no longer just doing services for other people. And like, it's kind of easy, like an easy middle ground as an internet marketer to do services. But when you're building your own product, you take a lot more risk, right? Mm -hmm. So I started building a couple small softwares and I built my first one and it was an Infusionsoft add-on. And I built two more, built them up, sold them off. Um, and then eventually, um, you know, became friends with my co-founder in Tampa. We, we met up at a mastermind and we were just kind of helping each other out along the way during this kind of process of us building and, you know, upgrading our businesses as we went. And we were both using webinars in certain ways. I was helping webinar campaigns being built, utilizing them in some parts of my business. He was utilizing to sell his digital marketing services and SEO uh, products and stuff like that. And we just found a major hole in the marketplace at this point, I kind of had honed my knowledge around how to build teams and the operations and the development side of things that I've learned from like these different agencies. And I was able to bring that to his vision. And we kind of came together and started this process about now, about almost four and a half years ago. Hmm, interesting. I, I know that before the demo journey, it's interesting you said you were in the agency business and then a demo. I think somewhere in between you also, there was a certain period of time that you also released products to, uh, in the internet marketing space, right? And then. Definitely. Yeah. So how, um, you, you mentioned the Envisions of add-on, add-on and why webinars? Why you, you mentioned there was a major hole. Um, how did you, I mean, what made you decide to, because there will, there, there will always be holes inside the, uh, in, in the industry. Why did you decide on webinars? Well, I'm going to answer, you kind of asked a couple questions there. So I'm going to answer kind of both things. So there was many periods where I was doing internet product launches where I was launching information products. That was kind of like my first steps into building out that product that I really wanted, like I said. So I started doing that. I partnered with some people that had products and I did the marketing side of things. But really the way I look at a lot of these things is I'm trying to up level every time. I'm just trying to take another step up. Can I learn how to do this? Can I learn how to do this? And I started doing some product launches, making money with that. Then we started building software, product launching those. And so that was really like the internet marketing products. But when we got to the point that me and my co-founder kind of were coming together, the hole in the market that we saw was when GoToWebinar was kind of like the king here for pretty much all the internet marketers, but it was continually crashing. There were problems. It wasn't built for marketing. We were having issues to build webinar campaigns, and I was building funnels for customers. It took a couple days sometimes to build these campaigns out. So we had this vision for you know, this pain point that on social media, on forums, people were vocalizing, can someone please do something about this? Can someone please fix this? And we're like, okay, awesome. We have this pain. The marketplace has this pain. Now, the, the real transparent truth is that when we started down this journey, we were a little naive at how, I guess, easy it would be. We thought it would be easy to do this based on our knowledge of like building products and stuff. We're like, oh, we could build this out. But this was an incredibly difficult product to build. And during the process of us building it, things like Webinar Jam came out and other competitors started popping up. So what was once kind of a less competitive marketplace became more competitive because of technological releases like Google Hangouts, which people, mm -hmm. people built on top of, or you know the release of WebRTC. So 
there's still a lot of technical hurdle to get in the webinar space. And I don't envy anyone who decides to create a webinar company because of how difficult <laughs> it's been. But, you know, I, I think that, um, you know, because we were so naive, it allowed us to go into it and, you know, stay with the journey, which was a very, very rocky for the first two years. It took us two years to get our product to market. Hmm. Okay, cool. So having been in the webinar space for, uh, for so long now, what do you think is the one misconception about using webinars to sell courses? Yeah, it's a great question. Um, you know, webinars, a lot of people think of them in the internet marketing terms, which is sometimes just purely sales oriented, slimy, boring. It's an intro for 30 minutes about the person. And then it's like heavy on the pain points and then it's just selling a course. Um, and so I think that especially inside of the circle of internet marketing, so many people just, that's what they think when they hear the word webinar. But the truth is now that we've been doing it for so many years, we've seen all of the different industries across the world and how people are using webinars. And you have to understand that webinars are one-to-many live communication platform or one-to-many live communication strategy that is vital for businesses. It's the basics of business. It's relationship building. It's you know networking. It's transparency. It's trust building, credibility building. It's storytelling. It's all of the powerful things in business. And there's a litany of use cases. You can you can use them for lead generation, demand generation, onboarding, training, education, um, branding. Again, it could be sales, but in some lower level. It could be retention. It could be higher level training to keep your SaaS customers longer, right? That might be like paid trainings or that might be trainings, advanced trainings for users on a monthly basis where you might do a webinar and keep your users longer because now you're increasing the, the user understanding of your product. And I think that the problem is that most people, when they hear webinars, they're looking at it from the short-sighted kind of standpoint of, I want to get as many people on here and just drive my revenue up and make a bunch of sales right now. And I see that a lot in internet marketing. And um, you know, you can abuse strategies, you can abuse tactics, but when you truly understand that you know there is so much power in having this live communication you know, you can really build great relationships, build, you know, a solid pipeline to have qualified leads coming out the other end. So, you know, I think the misconception is just that uh, just because it's been abused doesn't mean that they all have to be kind of like framed in that perspective. Mm, yeah. Agree in this industry that we are in, a lot of people think that webinars is only a tool for making sales. Um, where, I mean, like you said just now, it's 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 more than it's more than just that. You can actually onboard people, build relationships, have trainings, tutorials, and just connect with your audience. So that's 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 a great one. Yeah. What do you think is the problem number one problem people face when it comes to hosting a successful one? Yeah, you know, I think there's a lot of, there's a lot of problems that people face, and I guess you would have to ask this like where where are they in their business cycle so like i think each like like someone just starting out might have a different problem than someone who's got like a 10 million dollar year business right like i think each segment of the market may have different problems but the number one problem that i see people face when trying to host a successful webinar and if this is their first time with webinars 
most prevalent is thinking that they're going to nail the campaign, whatever the campaign goal is, thinking that they're just going to write this, they're going to put up a registration page, they're going to put an ad out and nail it. The, the thought process here is that webinars, like any part of your marketing, are in a, are an organic, an organic process. It takes time to test them, to optimize them, to see what reactions you get back from your marketplace. Are the angles that you're talking about the right angles? Is the solutions you're talking about actual solutions that your marketplace wants or needs? Are the things you're talking about, the stories you're telling compelling? Are you being engaging enough? Like this is something that you should utilize every day on some level, maybe weekly, maybe monthly, but this is something that you can use all the time in your business. So why would you just want to do it one time and be like, I'm done. I did it the one time. We're good. Think of it organically. Allow yourself to, to look at the metrics and try to figure out what to change. But when you go into it, just make sure that you have the mindset for that. Hmm. So you mentioned about all these different moving parts, testing, optimizing, maybe the angle is not right. Maybe you're not telling the right story that connects with your audience. How do you go about uh, testing and then optimizing uh, your, your, your next webinars? How do you learn, how do you learn from the current? I mean, how do you test it from, from the current data that you have? Well, I think it's two things. I think one, the best part about a webinar is the live communication aspect of it. You can get live feedback from your audience. You can use polls to understand specific things. You know, where are you in your marketplace? Um, do you like this? Yes, no. Like you can get these actual real-time cues. You can get questions at the end. Are there a lot of questions that was not answered? Were there a lot of confusion around what the offer is if it was a sales webinar? Do people understand the training? Do you need to optimize that? Um, you know, I like a lot of times to stop and be interactive in my webinar. So I will literally sit there and ask questions throughout to make sure that people aren't just sitting there listening to like it's a video. Like I want them to interact to be part of it. So I'm using polls. I'll use handouts. I'm asking questions. I'm stopping. I might do a contest at some point. Um, the other thing is you want to look at your analytics and see, you know, where are people dropping off? Um, how many people have even showed up? Like, is my, you know, is my hook from my webinar even strong enough to get people to show up? What percentage of those people did show up? And can I like look at who that audience is? Are they, you know, my target market? Were, were they the wrong target market? So those things actually give you data to see like, the biggest things that you want to pay attention to is right your your hooks. Um, you know that the big the big ideas, as Todd Brown likes to say, the big idea of your webinar is it strong enough that it's attracting the right people and, and the right people enough. And how do you go about? Um, you mentioned just now from you the analytics part where you can see who showed up, who didn't show up. So what do you do with these people? Do you actually, I mean, after the webinar, of course, you're going to have like a follow-up, right? Usually that's what happens. And are you going, are, are you doing different things with the automations? Like uh, depending on who showed up and who didn't show up, they get the, the same message, different message. How does that work? Totally. I So I'm a big proponent of, first of all, simplicity. So if you're coming in for the first time 
and you're running your first webinar, don't get overwhelmed with all these different campaigns. Focus on the actual presentation itself. That's the critical piece. But once you kind of have some things going and you feel good about it, then you can start looking at building those follow-up campaigns. Now, inside of Demio, we give you analytics to see those segments, and you can also hook it up to your CRM to automatically have these segments go out. So like, if you did want to have these email campaigns go out, we'll automatically segment them for you. And what I typically do for those who do not attend um, is I try to get them back to an on-demand replay. And I want to do an on-demand replay so then I can make sure that like I can see that they signed up, I can see how long they watched in that on-demand replay in Demio and stuff like that. But you can also just link them to a video replay where it's just a video on a page. But you know, it's not the same experience. Um, for those that don't attend, typically what I'm doing in that campaign is I'm trying uh, to just really drive them to that video. I want them to watch it. I want them to see it. And then I'm going to be kind of slowly, softly talking about whatever that training was or if there was an offer, if it was a sales webinar, I might be slowly talking about that. For those who attended, what I typically do is I have like a goal in my campaign that's like if they – this is again I'm talking about through the lens of a sales webinar. I might have a goal of that campaign being like if they buy the product, pull them out of this campaign – but if they attended and did not buy, I will, again, send them back to the replay initially. But then what I'll do is I'll create emails that basically outline all the major objections that people typically have for buying my product. And I try to overcome these objections. The best way you can do this is with videos, testimonials, case studies along the way. And I'll link them to the offer as I go through the objection overcomes. But the goal here is for some reason, these people, you know, attended, they had the chance to watch the video, but they haven't bought yet. Um, and I want to get over any objections that they may have. So I'm going to try to answer as many of those as possible. And regarding the on-demand replay versus the video on a page, what's the difference between that? So an on-demand replay in Demio is basically a webinar where they would sign up for it again, or you can just have like a one-click link where they click it and they log right mm -hmm. into the webinar room. But in this case, it would play inside of Demio just like it was live. Um, with our with our older uh, on-demand webinars, you can see all the chat coming in. But here you can launch the polls again. You can launch the handouts. You can have call to actions just like you had them in your live webinars. So the experience, even if they didn't make it, would still be similar. A lot of times with those video replays, what people do is they just scroll through the video. You know, They'll scroll through the content. Is there anything I like? They'll look at the offer and then they bounce off the page. So you have a really low kind of engagement on those replays. With on-demand, you can utilize the same power of those actual webinars by having the on-demand replay. And then, of course, you can see analytics of those on-demand events as well. And with the on-demand replay that you guys have, Demio have, do you have the live chat as well? I mean, I mean, the, 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 the participants can see, but can they actually ask questions, like type in that inside the live chat? They can. Now, a future feature that we're having coming out here very soon is we're going to have the ability with those messages to eventually be able to, uh, this, this probably won't be out exactly real soon, but be able to save messages into the timeline so you can save their chat. You'll also be able to turn on notifications to get email notifications when those chats are coming in, be able mm -hmm. to email reply to them. Um, eventually, we're also going to have uh, some way where you can kind of direct reply if those messages do come in um, but uh, into the chat. But uh, that's for the on-demand. Now, if you have an automated session in Demio, let's say you sent the people that did not attend, you're like, hey, we're, we're hosting this session 
three more times tomorrow. Uh, and this is going to be our scheduled recordings. Pick a time that works for you. You can actually log in to scheduled sessions and chat with people in live time in the chat. Nowadays, Zoom is getting very big. Um, I'm sure. I, I, how how does that like? Um, how does that compare? I mean, they have a. I mean, Zoom is in initially meetings, but they have an add-on for webinars as well. And I've been on. I've been myself on training programs where the the whole training is actually hosted on Zoom. So how does that compare with uh, like a, a solution like Demio? How how does that compare? Well, I think we have multiple competitors that are bigger competitors, um, and I think that you have to understand that Demio is not just live communication. Like I look at Zoom. And I look at like GoToWebinar, both of those were just like live communication platforms that were built through the lens of meetings first. And then they're just like, hey, let's add on some other things that you can do with video communication. So that was the basics behind it. For us, we built Demio through the lens of marketing and sales enablement. That is the goal of the tool. It just happens that the medium right now is webinars. But we can open that using live communication to anything meetings and sales demos, summits, all types of things. But by being at the core, marketing and sales enablement, our functions, our features, how things work, the interactive and engaging tools that we have, the analytics, all of those things help you drive more results of whatever you're looking for. And I think that is the key thing and the key differentiator. I think also our usability, our customer experience, and our attendee experience. We've really put a ton of time into building a platform that attendees love to join. It's in the browser. It's one click. It's intuitive. There's no downloads. There's not a lot to figure out. Um, and, and for presenters, there's nothing you have to learn. You could be your first time on there or your 50th. It's a couple of buttons, and it's really easy and, and beautiful to utilize. Awesome. So are, are you and your partner programmers? Neither one of us. We're both business, marketing, and operations uh, founders. So we do have the engineering team has been kind of the 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 saviors of Demio. Okay. So did you use your previous skills as um you know, hiring teams, and you used that? Did you did you did you hire recruit all of them by yourself? Exactly. So that was a lot of like some of the skill set that I brought to Demio was hiring and hiring something that I've done for many years now based on like kind of that journey that I had. So we hired an amazing team. We have an awesome team that we've all hired individually. We created a great culture here at Demio. We're a remote only culture. Um, and, and it's just, it's so awesome to see this team. I'm like so proud of our team. Um, but I've also helped other SaaS companies hire in great people and build their teams and help them build their culture as well. So it's something that I, I, I definitely enjoy doing and I feel um, that's one of my strong suits as kind of an operational founder um, but it's not easy hiring is never easy yeah definitely i mean um, a lot of people that i talk to is also including myself is actually uh thinks that hiring is very hard because um yeah a lot of people are not good at managing people so mm -hmm. that part is definitely challenging so yeah it can be yeah so what, are, what do you think is the steps to a successful webinar? When I say successful, I, I mean sales here because we are focusing on how to get sales for, for web, uh, in, uh, using webinars. So what are the steps that you have to take? Yeah, so what are the steps that you have to take to make a successful webinar? I know it's, it's, it's a lot to cover, 
but as cons I mean, you can uh, give the gist of the summary of it to so that listeners here can take advantage of your knowledge and experience, and they can uh, execute the steps based on what you're going to share. Yeah, I mean, there's there's a lot, and and we have like a full course on this. It's like you know, fifty plus videos that goes through this whole thing at Demio, and it and it and it does seem kind of overwhelming when I say it like that. But what I would say, the key thing that I think is most overlooked is the first step is understanding your customer avatar, truly knowing what your you know, what the pain points are that your customer and your marketplace has, and the solution that you're providing for them. The bigger the problem that you're trying to solve, um, the more results and you know eyes you'll get on your webinar. So it all starts with that customer avatar. Then it really has to do with, again, finding the pain points, understanding what you're going to talk about and how you're going to have that solution laid out. The next thing that really matters is your offer because you could have the best webinar in the world, but if your offer isn't well put together, well thought out, or you know, straightforward, easy to use, a no-brainer deal, then the whole thing can also come down on a sales webinar. So the next thing would be looking at your offer. What does that look like? Does that also help solve the pain point that you're looking at? How can you build in new bonuses or new um, add-ons or fast action items? How can you reduce the risk uh, and mitigate risk with you know great guarantees? Um, not only just money-back guarantees, but can you do any Anything above and beyond for people to really reduce and mitigate that risk. Then, of course, it's laying out the content. And we typically, you know, when we walk you through this in our courses and stuff like that, we really say, you know, you have to make sure you kind of have the offering and then you build the content based on the pain point and you're really trying to teach and sell, meaning you're trying to build in these open loops of your solution in the teaching aspect. So it's not just like, hey, I'm going to educate you for 30 minutes and then we're going to just randomly flip to me just trying to sell you a product. Your job of the content is to open-endedly talk about, you know, the, the problems that they may be facing, how to solve them, but also, you know, giving contextual clues that when you get to that pitch, it now makes sense to your content. So an example of that would be, you know, helping someone talking about um, their, their, you know, their golf game. And this is like how to improve your, um, your drive by, I don't know, a hundred yards. I'm making this up. This is terrible. Um, <laughs> but you know, all the way through, you could be talking about, you know, how it's about, uh, the type of club and how you're holding it, or, you know, the, um, the type of swing you need and the pain points that a lot of times you see people with, with their stance. And that's the big thing that people need to understand that there's, you know, three mechanisms to the stance that you have to know. And you go through those three, but you say, well, you know, um, there are actually, seven different things that you have to pay attention to and we'll get into that later and then when you get into your solution and stuff like that you can actually then kind of link it back to that content um after that and you kind of get through your content then work on that intro uh the retention strategies throughout then you need to think about your registration page and this is one of the biggest ones you want to make sure you're testing that headline and hook and you can even do this test before you write your webinar just to make sure that the content and the major piece of your webinar is the thing that has the highest, um, I guess, you know, need in the marketplace. Does your target audience even have any interest in learning about this? I've run 
uh, polls in Facebook groups. I've run ads um, just to see you know, what the interest level is. I've had opt-in forms up just to see if I can get opt-ins for a specific webinar before we even wrote it. So it's kind of like a, a minimum viable webinar just to see like, will this even attract people's interest? But that hook, that registration page hook, that headline, the bullet points, the copy, all that stuff on your registration page should really be the selling point for your webinar because that'll be where you get the most registrants in. And then, of course, you need to be able to get them on the webinar by having that webinar be a good training educational piece um, that really helps them solve that pain. So, again, it's it's a big process. There's a lot to think about, but it really all starts with understanding your customer, knowing the pain points, understanding the hook you're going to use, um, really making sure you have a strong offer, creating the presentation, having your registration page set up obviously then launching the webinar itself and paying attention to your analytics and the feedback you're getting and then rinse and repeat so you have a really good system laid up. You mentioned about kind of like a minimum viable uh, webinar page just to gauge how interested people are in a specific webinar on a certain topic. So what happens if only a few people sign up? Do you cancel the webinar? Let's, let's say less than 10 people sign up. Do you cancel the webinar or do you just go ahead? No, I would definitely say, um, you know, it's where you are in your business. Uh, let's say you're, uh, you know, you only get three of those 10 people to sign up. If you're a new business that maybe we worth your time to test and play with it, it does take energy. It does take time. Now, again, if you're a little bit farther in your business and you don't have the time for that stuff, it may not make econ- like uh, economic sense for you to be on that call. So at that point, yes, I may cancel and I may try it again. Can I get you know, if my goal is getting a hundred registrants, can I do that? And I'm going to test the different headlines, the different angles until I can say, Hey, I know this thing is going to be of interest to people because if you're only getting 10 people, let's say, and, and you're, you're asking kind of an open-ended question, but let's say you had, uh, this was an ad that you were running. And in this ad, you had a hundred people visit your webpage and only 10 registrants, a 10% conversion rate tells you a lot. Right. Um, so that's totally different. If, you know, you had 12 people to your registration page and 10 people were opted in. Those are totally different analytics. All right. So let's, let's say, uh, let's use your numbers, 10% registration rate. Would you say, go ahead and, uh, would you, that's I would say that's rate. low. I would say that's really low and I would look at changing my hook before I do anything. Okay. What would be a good conversion rate uh, for the web- webinar registration page? Again, depends on your traffic type. Um, these are always tough questions to answer. If you're talking about cold traffic, you know, I would probably say between 20 and 40% is a really good opt-in rate there. Um, I've done cold traffic webinars where I've had 50% opt-in rates. Um, I've also done webinars internally to your list where you have 75% opt-in rate. Uh, you can do partner webinars where you have 50%, you know, opt-in rates. There is no exact metric that says like, if you hit this, this is the perfect you know rate that you're looking for i would say across the board on average looking at about 30 percent okay so let's say that you cancel your webinar what are you going to tell your the few registrations that you registrants that you have well you can easily still record training on like some type of recorded training video and send it out to them you could send them a survey and learn more about why they signed up utilize this as a moment to have um you know, education for yourself and your business, offer them a call where you can give them 30 minutes of training, but you also get to ask them some questions, maybe, you know, like a free strategy session, but uh, you want to learn more about where they are in their business, how you could help, what interested them in the webinar. So it doesn't have to be like, Hey, I'm going to cancel this. I'm just never talk to these people again. 
use this. This is like people that signed up for something, figure out what it is that really was the reason that they signed up. So maybe you can dial that message in better or, you know, more efficiently. I like that. And just now you mentioned about retention strategy, but um, we didn't talk about it in detail, in more detail. So when you say retention strategy, is it like, how do you keep people uh, to stay on the webinar and not just leave? So I think I mentioned before retention strategies for the webinar, and there's also retention use case webinars. Um, and so the retention strategies are, yes, ways to keep your audience um, engaged, um, interacting, paying attention, listening to you through your webinar, because what's the point of having you know, getting all these registrants and then doing all this work to get them to show up if they're leaving 10 minutes in because you spent the first 10 minutes just talking about yourself, right? Mm -hmm. So you need to think about what are things that you can do to not only have them staying on, but have them actively listening. And I think some of that becomes, you know, um, the storytelling, the script that you have, the open-ended questions, um, the polls, the interactive features that you use, but it also can be done with attendee incentives. So specific gifts that you may hand out on the webinar at specific times, contests that you may be doing, you know, are people listening? Maybe you say like, you know, midway through the webinar, I'm gonna be giving away $100 based on three questions based on the content. Content. I'll ask these questions and if you guys the first person to answer all three correctly will win $100 and I'll PayPal it to you right after this webinar that's just an idea of like a cash contest that's retention strategies about now they're gonna people will be listening and trying to pay attention listen to the content uh, you can also have a freebie that's given away at the end of the webinar you could also um, a lot of times I like to offer specific giveaways to the attendees that sit on at the end. So maybe um, not just a free gift, but a free discount coupon code or something extra outside of just the offer and stuff like that. If you can only give one advice to people who want to be successful at closing sales at webinars, what would that be? I mean, you, you obviously covered a lot, but if you can only choose one. <laughs> yeah, um, again, I think... It's tough because so many of the things I said I like are critically important, but I would say, you know, patiently test those hooks first um, and make sure that your webinar is value driven and not sales and slimy like we talked about at the beginning, uh, the misconception. Don't go that approach. Go value driven, um, you know, and, and really the hook is about what can I what value can I create that actually solves something for my market, for my customer persona? What do they actually want to learn? What will help them that my offering and product can, can similarly match up with? Awesome. So if people want to know about what you do and Demio, where, where can they find you? Yeah, so you can find Demio at Demio.com. We also have Dem.io, which is a fun little short domain that we have. Um, we have free trials at Demio that you can come sign up with. We also have live chat on our site 24-7. You can grab one of our support staff. You can even ask for me. I jump in there from time to time, and I can you know, chat with you, give you any strategies and tips. If you want to find me online, um, I think my my Twitter and Instagram is forward slash ITS, it's Abrams, um, but mostly you'll find me on uh, on Facebook and some of the SaaS groups, SaaS Growth Hacks, and uh, the SaaS Breakthrough Community um, if you want to have any more of those marketing conversations. Cool. 
just one final question. You mentioned just now the demo is uh, support is twenty four seven. So how do you handle like people uh, doing customer service? How do you hire a full time team like twenty four seven all around the world? Is that how you? Is this how how that works? Yeah, yeah. So we're remote based, so we have people all over. So, um, you know, when we first launched this, we knew that again there was two things that we knew. One was, you know, a customer experience will always be a big part of your business. It'd be a great part of your brand. So we always wanted to invest in a great customer experience, which for a lot of people is customer support. There's nothing worse than get buying a product and having like the worst customer support experience. So from the literally the first year, I myself was in the desk pretty much all day answering support tickets along with doing everything else in, in the company, but I was in there answering tickets and we tried to do literally about five minutes response times to people, making sure that everyone had a great solid experience and were helped. And then one of our support staff um, in India actually still does all our night shifts. Um, and so he's been an absolute warrior. So that's kind of our nighttime support. But as we grew, we hired through the day. And so now we have what we call our success team who really focuses on driving great helpful, informative answers. We go through weekly meetings and review conversations. We try to find ways that we can all improve and help our customers better. It's something that we truly pride ourselves on. And if you look at the testimonials of Demio or Captera reviews, almost every one of them somehow mentions the success team because they're always there. We have lightning quick responses and we really take pride in delivering that great customer experience. Um, but yeah, that was something we had to build out over the past few years. How big is the team now at Demio? So the team is 11 people. All right, David. Thank you once again for sharing your experience and knowledge about webinars. I think it's going to be a great, helpful content for our listeners. No problem. Really happy to help. Um, just like I said before, I, I hope everyone got some good value from this. I, I hope this was value driven and, you know, thank you so much for having me on the podcast, having me on the show and I hope everyone has a great day. Thanks again. If you're not listening to this on our website, go to academy.birdsend.co slash seven to get your show notes. This show is brought to you by Birdsend email marketing tool, the only email marketing tool specifically created for online course creators. Get your free forever account at birdsend.co. That's bird as in the flying bird and send as in sending emails, birdsend.co.